Yo, what up, what up? This is Victory, BX Supreme Promoter, once again, representing the Grind Ethics Mixtape Show. Basically, I'm still here with my brother, Amadeus, fashion designer, fashion owner, entrepreneur, and also the former marketer of Bad Boy. Now he's telling me he, he um he worked for FUBU. You know what I'm saying? Now he's telling me this. <laughs> but I have him on the line. But before I start this part two of the interview... Anybody that liked this episode, the Grind Ethics Mixtape Show, y'all be very grateful. If anyone could make a donation, my link is Grind Ethics Cash App. Grind Ethics Cash App. Follow me on Grind Ethics Twitter. You can follow me on Grind Ethics Mixtape Show on Instagram. Follow me on on Grind Ethics Media on Instagram. Also, subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel, Grind Ethics. All right, and I'm here with my brother once again. Amadeus. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, nothing much. You said a lot on the first one. I was like, yo, we got to do a part two. We might have to do a part three fucking around. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, will, I want you to understand this. I I can say, for me, I'm living Forrest Gump life. And the reason why I say that is, is I've been through so many things in life and been in so many different situations that... You know, most people would be like, nah, nah, dude, I'm 53, get ready to hit 54. And in those 50, I would say in those, in those 47 years, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But yet- I have experienced craziness. Damn. You know, and, and it was all part of, it was all part of the journey. It was all part of the journey. You know, you're talking, I went from throwing parties all through high school in my mother's four-bedroom apartment in the Bronx to hosting parties in little bar clubs and, you know, you know, shout out to Herpes Triangle in the Bronx, People's PCs and Riddlers. You know, especially shout out to my man, Big Blow, you know, and having to look at the changes and, and how things elevated. You know, after after rolling with Bad Boy for so many years, you know, I I I had to learn that I was my moneymaker. You know, and when when and I'll be one hundred with it. Sean Press called me and was like, Yo, I'm a dad. You're not getting on the phones, you're not doing this and that we gonna end up having to let you go, dude. You better get on your game. And that was the way the situation went down. You know, and I didn't have any regrets with that. You know, because at that same time, you know, I was talking with Dana John and all of them, and they saw what I did down here with, with Bad Boy. And, you know, Dana came up to me and was like, yo, you know, let's, let's make something happen. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, they asked me, how did I feel about the album? You know, I thought the album was dope. I thought the the one thing about the album was it you're gonna challenge yourself when you're jumping into a market with a hit like Fatty Girl and you don't have anything to balance that out as of going through the entire album. Hold on, hold on. let's talk about that. Let's talk about a little bit about that. You said you also did marketing for FUBU Records when FUBU came out with their yeah. own label. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, well, then, then again, how, how you got down with that? That's what I meant to ask. How you got down with FUBU? Right, right after I, I had 
caught the boot from Bad Boy, and Perez had to give me the boot. And right behind that, you know, you got to remember, I was still in the clubs. I was still promoting, you know, doing my little things. And Damon came up. Uh, matter of fact, I, I, I remember the story crazy. A dude, a white dude who was into technology sold his company and ended up making like $600 million. And he came down to Miami, wanted to open up a spot, and was like, yo, this and that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm down to get down. And he was like, you know, you, a lot of people were talking about this and that. Like, um, kind of. So we, we ended up kicking that off, and I helped him open up his club, Crave. And that's where DJ Irene got his start. That's where DJ and Tice, who's on 99 Jams, got his start. You know, I remember Pitbull when he had braids in his head coming to the party wanting to jump on the mic. But Pitbull was so raw back then. Pitbull was gangster rap back then. He wasn't Mr. 305, and I give him all the props in the world for for what he's done in the industry. But Damon walked up to me and was like, yo, you know, I want to holler at you about something that I'm doing. And I was like, all right, cool, you know. I, and you got to remember, at that time, Damon was pulling in like four, $500 million a year on FUBU. So when they did the, the, the FUBU Entertainment album, I was like, I'm down. I'm down. He had a lot of good talent. He had, he had Nas on there. Um, um, the, 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 the Fatty Girl track was a good kickoff, but I think he should have led with the Nas track. I think he should have led with the Nas track and then came behind that with Fatty Girl because there was so much other talent that he had collectively put together or they did, for that album, there was a lot of names that nobody knew. So it was it was more on Fatty Girl with, with Ludacris. And, I mean, dude, that, that shit was out of the stratosphere. I mean, when that hit the street, everybody was like, yo, it's about to go down. It had the concept of Fat Albert, you know, which was what they had, you know, in their, their, their clothing line edition. So when he came up to me and he was like, yo, you have to make this happen? I was like, I'm down. You know, and he, he, dude, he basically said, gave me the range. He was like, what do you think we should do with this, this and that? Like he, he kept it 100 with me. He really did. You know, he, he asked my opinion and I told him, you know, a lot of people thought I was bugging back then. You know, and this was 2000. A lot of people thought I was bugging when I said, if you're going to break something, you need to break it in a strip club. Mm. Oh, you was the one of the first, oh, you was the first cat that actually made that trend. Dude, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I can't, I can't unequivocally say I did it first, but I can stand here and say, I don't remember that being a situation until after we did it. So I'm not going to say we did it first, because I don't know if somebody broke a record or even if Luke and them broke a record in a strip club. I'm just going to stand here and say that was a concept that, that hit me on... Deal, and, and I'm going to give you 100% reason why. There was this one stripper named Nikki 
do. If she would have given me the time of day, she'd have been wife. And I'd have still let her strip. No joke. Like, it was, dude, she was bad. Latin shorty, short hair, looked like a sister, body, face, you know, had the mindset to be able to sit down and talk with you away from what she did. And she was just like, I'm going to keep it 100. You know, I got love for you, but niggas done tore me up too badly. And she kept it real with me and said that. I gave her the track that after uh, the Nas track, it was a female artist and a couple other people that they had on there. And she got the DJ to play it in the strip club. There's a club down here called 11. Before it was 11, it was a different strip club. And she got the DJ to play it, and everybody was vibing with it. So I went back to Damon and was like, yo, we need to, this is the one we need to push. And we need to push it in the strip clubs. Because if the strippers will rock to it, they'll start getting everybody's attention on it. And, you know, from there, I don't, I, I, I will say this. I was in my transition at that time. You know, I am a man of God, and I had had my fill of the industry, so it was, I'm trying to balance. And, the, I mean, dude, this was crazy. This was crazy, and as you, you're probably the first person I told it to that, you know, outside of, you know, my circle. There was 2000 going into 2001, there was a New Year's Eve party that was in Amnesia that FUBU was hosting. And I was the host. I was the one that was on the mic, introducing everything, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, at the time, my ex-wife, my girlfriend, you know, she came up to me. We went, we went to Amnesia to look everything over, and it was like about 8.30. I didn't have to be there till midnight. So I was, uh, it was really like 11.45, he was like, you know, be there. So it was like 8.30, 9 o'clock, and she had came to me and she told me, she was like, yo, you know what Damon John just said to me? And I was like, what? And she said, if you get him focused the way he was at Bad Boy for what we're trying to do, I'll make y'all the richest couple in this city. And that night, I went home. To take a power nap. This was something I did on the regular. To take a power nap. Okay? I didn't wake up until 11.30 the next morning. Oh, man. <laughs> and, like, everything was going crazy that day. Like, every, when I stand here and tell you, everything was going crazy. And it was then that I knew that what I was doing with FUBU was done. It was done. I knew that I was leaving and I didn't get a chance to really embrace my relationship with Damon John and Keith Perrin and them because of that. And, you know, a whole bunch of craziness after that happened. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of situations that, that come about in these things happen like that. You know, my, my journey with FUBU was really just running with them, trying to guide 
what was going on. Yeah. What they're trying to do and what they was bringing to the market. You know, the only problem is, is Miami's market is ridiculous. Dude. It's ridiculous. Like, they'll love you for three months and then they'll hate you for the next 10 years. Oh, shit. And that's Miami's market. You know, so my thing with FUBU was like, quick. I was literally running with them for maybe like 10 months. You quit? You say quit? You quit? Or they or they just, or they fired you? It was quick. Oh, quick. Know? Oh, quick. I never really quit, and I never was really fired. It was one of those things that I knew that my life was changing, and that's when I knew I was going to give my life to God, dog, and I just never went back. And unfortunately, the, my girlfriend who became my wife and, you know, mother of my son, Ended up deleting every number that I had on my two-way. Oh, we had two ways back in those days. <laughs> yeah, I was a two-way back in those days, and she threw the two-way out. And I was like, what did you do? You know, when I tell you I had everybody in the industry, when they came out of Miami, and, and this was a part of what Puff did also. And, and I wouldn't even say Puff directly. You know, it wasn't like Puff was like, go see my man, I'm a dick. It wasn't like that. It was me being a part of Bad Boy enhanced that. Because I knew a lot of people anyway. You know what I'm saying? But it took it to that next level. You know, so, you know, it was my, my time with FUBU was short. You know, we really didn't get a chance to get in it. And then something happened, excuse me, with the label. And you know, I don't know the whole story. So yeah, the, yeah, it kind of it was kind of short lived anyway. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Something happened with them. I don't know what. I I, I will say this. The rumor was there was a lawsuit because Universal had a, had How High out, and and Red Man and Method Man was starring in the movie, and they said oofu, and. Well, according to rumor, because I'm not saying that this was this situation. Damon, John got upset, and it turned into a lawsuit, and we was, FUBU Entertainment was under Universal Records. So then, all of a sudden, that just died out. It died out, yeah. You know, FUBU Entertainment just died. It, it just, wow. So, that that so, wasn't even a year, though, right? Was it, or was it just a year? It was a year. Damn, that fast. It was a year. And... Even the track that Nas had on it was kind of dope, and it never really got pushed. I didn't even know. I didn't, yeah, there was no, yeah. yeah. I didn't even get pushed. So, you know, I, I this is what I try to tell you about the industry. Dude, the brat said something that was so real and so dope, and it's the industry to its core. You got to stay fuckable. Straight up. The women got to stay in a position where they always look like they're fuckable to be, to move to certain levels of success. And it's the same thing for the men. It's the same thing for the men. But you see the difference in the sense of the reality to what's really going on. The industry is about the industry. It ain't about nobody. You have to conform to that. And that's just the way it is. 
Now, if you want that Oprah Winfrey success, you got to conform. Think about that. Let's let's keep it 100. Why you ain't see Oprah and Gail and all of them as part of none of these Black Lives Matter things? Because they, 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 they working for the beast. I'll be honest with you. It, it's not even it's not even that simple. When you get to a certain level of financial success and you are a person of color, it's called placism. Oprah knows when she has to stay in her place. See, I'll say this, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier with Snoop Dogg and how he flipped on Gail. Kobe Bryant is a bigger celebrity than Michael Jordan. He was more approachable. He was more friendly. He was more fan-based. Michael Jordan was a flat-out motherfucker to fans. He wasn't the type of dude that would stop and hug a fan and go see a fan with cancer. It wasn't Michael Jordan. That just wasn't his character. But that was Kobe's. That was Kobe's. And if Kobe would have won one more ring, Michael would have caught a brick. Michael would have caught a brick. But you have to look at the reality to those type two types of people. Kobe dies. And the only thing, and this is you have to remember what the media likes doing to us. They use one of us to bring up all the negative shit about us. But you won't hear them do that shit to Donald Trump or somebody else. No. They won't use a white person to put another white person on blast. They'll say alleged or they'll make it sound like something that is not. But you got to keep it 100. Why would Gail talk about Kobe's alleged rape situation. He did get arrested for raping. This man just fucking died. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I would have told my producers, no, I'm not saying that. No. This man is loved by the world. Kobe was loved more. Let me keep it 100 with you. If Michael Jordan died tomorrow... Michael Jordan's not getting a send-off, Kobe did. He's not. You know why? Kobe's more relevant to this generation than Michael is. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Michael's an icon because of his sneaker. Not because of him. Kobe's an icon to the people because of Kobe. Not just because he was a Laker. And you have to understand that, man. It's it's not, you know, you you gotta. These are these are all industry issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like the same thing that I go back to with, with Jay Z and Colin Kaepernick. I disagree with Jay. We are not beyond kneeling. Now, just because Blue and the Twins are not going to have to face Marcy Projects like you did, doesn't mean. They won't get caught up in some bullshit. Now, the difference is their parents is on that level, so they're always going to be looked after and catered to like that. But 
then I got to give Jay his props. Because nobody would know who the fuck Khalif Browder is without Jay-Z doing what he did. When, you, when you're into finding out information and knowing things that's going on, Khalif Browder was a perfect example of how Jay-Z utilizes his influence to bring attention to things. Mm-hmm. And I give him props for that. But it's still placism. Placism. Man, I, I see it. Too. I've been seeing it since I was a kid, but I just never knew the name of it. <laughs> You know, Jay-Z wants to seat at the table. Jay-Z's eventually going to try to become an owner in, in the NFL. And it's coming to that point where the good old boy shit is dead and, dead and over with. Oprah's going to eventually have to come out the closet because Stegman's just a fucking... He, he's, he's a role player. Stegman is fucking Lamar Odom. He's the sixth man. Oprah's probably been eating Gail's pussy since fucking day one. Oh, shit. I mean, I'm going to call it what it is. It's Nigga, I don't care how nobody feels about it. It seems like that. It seems you know, like that. When it comes down to it, you explain to me why Oprah got a smile on her face a mile wide when she's posing with Gail, and she's all fucking serious when she's with that. Why isn't Oprah having, why isn't Stedman doing something on a greater level? Yo, nigga, yo, yo, But you have to remember the realities of that. The realities of that is everybody plays a role. Everybody plays a role. Do I think Stedman is smashing Oprah? No. But that's my opinion. I don't live in their house. I don't know what they do. But, I mean, you could kind of call it what it is when you don't, you don't see her and Stedman on vacation and doing strolls and all of this shit. But you see her with Gail all the time. I didn't even know Oprah had a man, though. I mean, I know she had a man years ago when I was a kid, but I didn't know she had a, a current man now. Wow. Stedman since you've been a kid. But Stedman's been that role player. That's the whole role. Wow. That's the whole role. That's the whole role. Oh, she's still with the dude that... that she's still with the dude... Light-skinned dude with the salt and pepper hair... Damn, that's just since I was a kid. And I'm 41. <laughs> yeah. See, let me tell you something about how niggas will play a role just to eat. You explain to me how Gail couldn't get her career going, and if it wasn't for Oprah, Gail wouldn't be on CBS. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Now, I'll say this. I know niggas that look out for niggas. But when you got to, uh, when your best friend sucks that bad about interviewing and being a journalist that she can't make moves and you got to put her on like that? Come on, there ain't nobody in the world that tell you Oprah didn't have influence in Gail getting the job at CBS. Nigga, please. Harvey, Harvey Weinstein and fucking Jeffrey Epstein has gotten away with more bullshit than Bill Cosby ever was. Why is Bill in jail and these niggas is? Well, one nigga's dead because he had too much shit on people. So they got rid of him. I mean, we got told facts, dude. When you start fucking with the upper echelon, when you start fucking with them billionaire niggas, that they don't got to threaten you. These niggas is making phone calls. Hey, yo, um, I don't think Victory got the point about that last interview. 
Are you feeling what I'm saying to you? Yeah, yeah. When you got niggas creeping up on you and saying, you know, no matter where you go, we got you. We know where you at. You're going to speak places. Explain to me why Gail and, and Oprah and all of them is always talking this black excellence and this and that, but they shit on black men. They shit on black men. And they're a part of the problem of why women are running around talking all this, I don't need a man shit. Mm-hmm. The Me Too movement, the 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 the... The Nazi regime, the new Nazi regime that they call the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need a man, but you don't go fuck with a bitch that got a strap on something that a man naturally comes with and gets at. Really? And, and, and I'll even go on that. I'll even go on that. I think the LGBTQ community is so spiritually deprived that they're confused about who they really are. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. There's a difference between a decision, okay? There's a difference between a decision and fact. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. If you don't like men, if you don't like men, right? This is what lesbians say. I don't, I'm not into men then why are you running around trying to act like one? See, the, the, the whole foundation of it is off. Nigga, if I'm a woman and I ain't into men, I'm going to be the baddest bitch in the room. I'm going to make straight bitches want to switch because I'm going to be that bad. But they don't want to. But I don't need to act like something that I say I don't like. And it's the same thing with, with, with men. If you ain't into women, why are you running around, ooh, girl, and stop it? And why? Because you're confused. Because you were accepted into something. And, and just as everybody, all of us, we are all looking for acceptance in something. Because you didn't feel accepted in where you was, whatever accepts you is where you're going to gravitate toward. I got a game up here. I love my nephew Christopher to death. To death. That's my motherfucker. But you know why he acts like that? Because from day fucking one, his mother was on some, I wanted a girl. And she didn't even want to be bothered with him. And we talking truth, dude. This is my own family. We talking truth. What happens? Christopher grew up so neglected in that area that he started acting like a girl. So my sister got what she wanted. I hear that. <laughs> Words have power. Basically. Understand how powerful you really are, Victory. Ex- exactly. Yo, let's talk about more, a little bit more. Uh, 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 now, now you went now, now you went up to the uh, Illuminati billionaire status. Now let's go down to the lower level urban ghetto fabulous shit. <laughs> now, actually, I remember you told me. Well, this is not now. This is kind of going back to the billionaire status. You told me that Donald Trump actually was hanging out with Puffy in these music industry um parties. Uh, to, elaborate more on that. You told me you were telling me that earlier. Yeah, 
Trump, back in the days before he really blew up, Donald Trump was the quintessential, I'm going to be in the middle of everything because of my brand. Now, I will say this. Was I at the parties that he was at? No. Did I hear niggas saying, yo, came through? Yeah. Hold on one sec. Give me one sec. I'm sorry, brother. I will say this. Donald Trump back in the days, especially in the the early 90s, was rubbing elbows with so many people in the entertainment industry. But he was doing that flourishing because he's exposing himself for who he is. He's fake, dude. He's a politician, but he's a politician with no experience. So when I hear cats that I know ain't got no reason to be running game, saying, yo, Trump came through, we was all stuck. You know what I'm saying? We was in the jump off and Trump came through. Puff has that kind of influence. Jay-Z has that kind of influence. Now... The Donald Trump that is now in office, not the Donald Trump that was in the 90s. He's he understands his position now. He understands being a dick will influence the world. Back then, he didn't have no influence. And all of this came literally after the fact of the, the Central Park joggers and all that situation. And, dude, he, he's a clown. So, you know, he I, I remember Trump's people back in the days in our circles. Ivanka used to be hanging out like that back in the days. So, you know, you, you got to understand, a lot of these people do the things that they're doing because they think... They think that they don't have to worry about the past because of the future that they're building. But, you know, the media is a bunch of niggas, too. You know what I'm saying? They don't forget the past. They don't forget the past. No, they don't. They'll use that against you. They'll They'll use that against you to drag that, use that with your name and drag it all over the damn floor. Come on, all over the floor. These niggas will sexually assault you, beat you down, domestic violence, this and that, kidnap you, and then drop you off and say, don't tell nobody. Dude, you got to understand the reality of, of what even you're involved in. You got to remember something now. You get too popular and things get too put on point, 
I'm telling you this right now. The FCC is going to shut you down. You know why Bill Cosby sitting in jail right now? Because Bill Cosby put together a team of black people. A team of black people. That was financially backing him up with some white people. And they was about to buy NBC. NBC is the second biggest. Well, it's it's one of the three biggest media companies in the world. Mm. Just think if a black man owned one of the three top. Come on, dude. Come on. They looking at him like niggas. They like Ben Johnson and just put up BET. Stay in your role. Stay in your place. You wildin'. But when he got the money and the backing... To go in there and buy it, all of a sudden, 52 bitches is popping up and he, he raped all of them. Let me explain something to you. Back in Bill Cosby's day in the 70s and 80s, everybody was doing fucking drugs and they knew what they was doing. Now so, 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 so putting a Mickey, so putting a little pill in the, in a, in a woman's, in a woman's, in a woman's drink. She knew, she knew what, she knew what she was about to do. Well, she, they knew what they was doing, dude. You got to remember, coming out the 60s, when niggas was experimenting with LSD, and they talking about this nigga was slipping Mickeys and bitches. Come on, dude. Are you serious? So it wasn't really, so it wasn't, so what you saying, it wasn't really date rape. They knew they was going to get fucked. Let me tell you something, dude. Let me tell you something. How is it date rape, and you ain't say nothing for 30, 40 years? How is it that you did not? There was never a peep about Bill Cosby doing any of this until he got in position to buy NBC. That ain't no damn coincidence. I think the first time he tried to buy NBC, his son, I think his son got killed? His son got murdered. When he first announced that he was in position to buy NBC, all of a sudden, and I want you to understand, huh? I've had luxury cars for a hot minute in my life. You mean to tell me this nigga was driving an S-Class Mercedes-Benz that comes stand, run flat tires, and he got a flat and was changing his flat on a side road and got killed? Come on, man. Nigga, please. Am I, do, do I look that stupid? You're Ennis Cosby, and you ain't got triple A? You ain't call a tow truck? You ain't call a pop, your pops, and tell him I got a flat? Come on, dude. I've had seven series Benzes. I've had S-Class Benzes. I am now driving an, a, a BMW X5. There is... Those tires come standard run flat. That comes out the dealer. So that means if you get a flat, you can drive damn near an extra 50 to 100 miles on that tire. Oh, sure. So you explained to me how he ended up going in a down crossroad to change his tire 
on his brand new Mercedes Benz, what rich nigga you know is paying attention to his car? And his Cosby ain't broke. I mean, did you did, you got to pick reality in, 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 in fact for what it is. Why would this young man get out of his car to change a tire on a brand new car that Mercedes-Benz would have sent somebody to come and keep? And they would have fixed your car. That's standard for Mercedes. See, you got to understand reality. Bill put himself in a position and them niggas took the only kid he had. Yeah. And then Bill just got to the point where he said, fuck it. I'm, I'm going all in. I lost everything. The only thing I didn't lose was my wife. And they're not going to kill her because then it'd be really too obvious. Mm-hmm. So he went all in. He went all in. But I'll ask you this question. Okay. Why is Bill Cosby in jail and Harvey Weinstein is not? And the little time that, that Jeffrey Epstein was in jail, he got murdered in a federal penitentiary that you can't hang yourself in. Ask yourself those questions. Oh, somebody killed him, basically? Dude, you can't hang yourself in Rikers Island without somebody knowing what the fuck is going on. This nigga was in the federal prison in Manhattan with the notoriety of who he is and two guards fell asleep. Come on, fam. Two? Both of them niggas fell asleep? And neither one of them got fired. That was lame. That was pretty lame. <laughs> that was like a lame. <laughs> Come on. Oh, okay. I'm coming home from work. And I, I walk into my house and I hear my wife boning the niggas balls deep in her. And she's going to tell me, oops, my bad. We, I, was, I was cleaning and we fell in the bed. What? Come on, man. Really? You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, you, you got to, it comes to a point, either you're the idiot or these motherfuckers just think they so smart that we are the idiots. I mean, come on, man. Think about this. Think about this. Why do you think they redlined and cleanlined the United States of America? To make sure we wouldn't get out of the neighborhood that they was going to leave us stuck in. So they would do exactly what they did. Your stepping stones take literally stepping stones for us stuck in the neighborhoods that we stuck in right now and use those stepping stones for everybody white to just jump about it and bounce. Mm -hmm. Why so many black soldiers that came home couldn't use their GI Bill to go out there and buy how the way the white ones were? Yeah. I mean, dude, there's, there's, there's obvious
Yeah, we just waiting for the brother to come back. The hell? Yeah, we waiting for the brother to come back. Um, I lost him real quick. Well, I lost him right now. Damn, I don't know what the hell he was doing. I'm sorry, folks. But um, he was... Uh, yeah, he was He was basically... The brother was basically... He went off and talked about some real other shit. Some real conspiracy shit that really went down. So... But yeah. Um, I hope you liked this episode of the Grand Things Me Safe show. We're probably going to do a part three because I want the brother to finish. I, was, I have a couple of few questions... I wanted to ask the brother, but we're going to come back right here on the Grand Things Me Safe Show. And if you like this episode of the Grand Things Me Safe Show, hey, I'd be very grateful if anyone could hit me off with a donation. The link is Grand Ethics Cash App, Grand Ethics Cash App. And um, remember, peoples, tell a friend to tell a friend that is all about the motherfucking grind, basically.